Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm going to talk a bit about uh, social media, open innovation and collaboration space. And one of the things that I, I look at is this importance of, of, of place. And I thought I would use this photo and a story that lives behind this photo to talk about the importance of space, the importance of social media, the importance of self-organisation and innovation. This space is the Flowerdale Hotel. On the 7th of February, Black Saturday, Flowerdale was effectively burnt to the ground. The hotel in the background became the Alamo, and every town that was uh, really badly affected by Black Saturday, such as King Lake, Marysville, Strathewan and Flowerdale, all had an Alamo. At Strathewan, unfortunately, it was the cricket club. Um, people congregated back there, but it burnt down and many lives were lost. At Marysville, it was Gallipoli Park. At King Lake, it was the pub. And in Flowerdale, it was the pub. And as those fires hit that night, a group of eight brave people decided when the town was told to evacuate that they weren't leaving. And they stayed in that pub. They set up a perimeter defence. And as the fires hit the town, people who'd stayed to fight in the populated area and realised they were overwhelmed rushed back to the hotel. There was an old bloke called Bob who was in his 80s. Uh, his wife was in hospital. He didn't want to leave his house because his wife, he wanted to make sure that his wife had a home to go to. But um, the, the guys in the pub realised that Bobby Harrop wasn't there and they went to Bob's place which had burnt down and found Bob outside. They brought Bob back to the hotel, covered him in wet blankets and towels and Bob died that night at 11.30 in that place. On Wednesday after Black Saturday, Flowerdale had become known as the forgotten town. Um, why? Because no emergency services went into that town until February the 11th and when they arrived and the desperate locals said, where have you been? They said, we forgot about Flowerdale, notwithstanding that there were 224 houses destroyed and 13 dead people in the streets and pub. I got involved from a social media perspective because my sister-in-law had actually gone back into the town on the Sunday with her brother-in-law to keep fighting those fires. The first emergency help that came was in the wonderful form of the army who put roadblocks around the town and as people were leaving the town to get water cubes to keep fighting the fires because the town was still on fire, the army wouldn't let them back in. Um, my sister-in-law drove out of that place, the Flowerdale Hotel, with ten pages of handwritten notes from the people of Flowerdale desperately begging for help, for sense and for the ability of them to be empowered to save the town that they loved and also to say we are not leaving this hill. Um, and interestingly enough, a couple of the boys, when got a bulldozer that hadn't burnt down, drove up to the army roadblock and said, um, either you move or we move you. In Flowerdale, it sort of looks like a sort of Hells Angels and ZZ Top convention. When they generally tell you to move, you tend to listen. Um, but what then happened was something sort of extraordinary. Um, a week after the fires, some guy drove into town and gave us all these T-shirts. And <clears throat> the community came together. The way I operated from that time was I used to go to Flowerdale very regularly, um, stand out the front of that pub and just wait for about two minutes. And then people would run up and say, you're here, Pete, we need this, Pete, we need that, Pete, we need diesel, Pete, we've run out of food, Pete, um, we need more wireless cards, Pete, we need more computers. Um, and I wrote a blog, um, which, given that I'm a great technical thought leader, hopefully I'll be able to bring it up. Here's the blog today. 419 blog posts later, 
um, we're starting to see a lot of stuff happen. The community hall is, has started. The school's flying along. We had a lot of rain on the weekend, got a little bit of flooding. Um, if you need a job as an office trainee, come to our blog and you might be able to get one. We, um, we, we first started with the blog, but then I needed somewhere to put photos. So, of course, I set up a, a site called um, Flower Doll Release Photo Stream. There's about seven, eight hundred photos there, um, including lots of the school. The timberware parties that they now called, a lot of women needed to be empowered to, uh, and the women actually are recovering better than blokes. So um, they wanted to clear their blocks. So we, we trained them how to use chainsaws. And we advertised on the blog about people signing up. And then we put the photos on Flickr. So we, um, we said to the state government, it's impossible to rebuild. Um, there's just stuff everywhere. Um, we said we should build a website a uh, step-by-step -step guide to rebuilding, and they said that's a good idea, we'll get around to it. Two weekends later we built it, it's called builditback.org and it's a step-by-step -step guide to rebuilding which brings together information from people like the Master Builders, Building Commission, uh, Consumer Affairs, etc. We sort of use social media as a way of self-organising. And I think, you know, one of the proudest moments of my career was in October last year, there's a mob called Forrester Research, a global um, a technology organisation who sort of research and identify the best and the greatest in technology and they run a series of awards called Groundswell. Those awards are for the best use of social media. There's been one award won outside of North America and Canada and that was won by the Flowerdale community, a town that was burnt down on the 7th of February and used social media as part of the rebuild and perhaps what most people don't understand about disasters is that the biggest risk you actually face is population flight. And we've been absolutely determined in Flowerdale that we were going to make the town the place to come back to. We were the first town when we set up our blog, everyone saying keep out of the towns. We were saying for God's sake come in. We need you to come in here because if you can come here and you might be able to see you can do something, you can get involved. We just want your ideas. We used our networks. So the networks of people that, people like Andrew Forrest, he did the right thing. He just flew in, in on his helicopter in the first week and said what do you need? Um, most organisations we dealt with were this is what we're doing. That's when you need to go and get bulldozers or the ZZ Top guys, like the work cover guys when we were building a temporary village said we don't think the site's safe. A couple of weeks after the fires, we said we've got a different view of safety to you. Um, we're going to shut the site down. Boys, tell them what you think they're going to do to shut the site down. They left town, interestingly enough. Um, the, but it's that sort of determination and that's power, but the ability to connect. And the other thing is, the, the greatest times I have when I'm in Fayotto, when somebody comes up to me and says, you know what? I never thought I'd come back, but we're rebuilding now because we could keep in touch with the community through the blog, through the photos, through the YouTube channel, through the scribed document store, through the Build It Back website. So when I look at this project, it sort of says to me the importance of having a physical place where people can come together. And if you look at the, the picture that was there first, it's, you see a diverse community. Uh, within there, there are people on the dole, people who are living off the grid, but there are also the president of the Australian um, Consulting Engineers Association lived there. Rob Dunsday, who's an eminent economist, lived there. But we all banded together. We built a temporary village in five weeks using a wiki because we had 26 organisations and people working from all over the place, but we built that village. Uh, it was the first temporary village built and that model was then taken out to uh, Marysville and King Lake. We have a term in Flowerdale, we do it in Flowerdale first. Um, and the other thing is, is we call ourselves the do-it-yourself town. 
It's like lead, follow, we'll get out of the way. If you can help us, get on board. If you can't help us, it doesn't matter, we'll do it ourselves. Um, because we were able to use these tools. We, uh, I set up a, on the blog a relief appeal because we knew that the Red Cross money would take forever to get out. And um, one of the first people who called me was a lady called Natalie from Darley Stud. Um, when she first called me, she said she was Natalie from Seymour. Um, she'd like to make a donation. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I thought it was going to be like the children's hospital, get 50 bucks. And she said, um, we've got a million and a half to spend. I said, Natalie, where do you work? She said, Dali Stud. I said, like, Sheikh Mohammed's Dali Stud? She's like, yeah, you know the Sheikh? I'm like, no, but I'm looking forward to becoming his best mate. Um, <laughs> we, um, with that money, we uh, worked with the communities of King Lake and Marysville to put full-time uh, mental health counsellors in there for a three-year period because we feel that whilst there was a lot of mental health stuff at the start, the, the, the long-term problems of a disaster are maintaining that mental health. But um, the ability to work together across the place and connect people from all walks of life, from, from anywhere, using social media was a thing. But the place, the Alamo, the heart, is still the pub. So that's a fairly sort of dramatic view. But um, interestingly enough, we, uh, we also did something recently with the Carlton Football Club. We uh, were doing a social media strategy for Carlton Football Club. And we said to the guys at Carlton, you know, you guys think about controlling the message. The message doesn't live in what you say, it lives in the hearts of your fans and your devotees. So we got together what we call the social media devotees um, Monday week ago and we said to them, come to Visit Park and give us your ideas. We got a lot of ideas for them and they said, well, how can we ask fans, all of the fans, for their ideas? So we set up this website called Ideas for Carlton Football Club. And we asked two questions. How can Carlton Football Club use social media to expand our fan base and grow our membership numbers? How can Carlton Football Club use mobile apps to reach our fan base? And interestingly enough, even though you probably can't see this, the number one thing that's been voted is 171 votes, play games at Visi Park. Visi Park is you know, known to sort of older people in the audience or older Victorians like uh, Mr Kane down here and myself as Princess Park. I've changed, they all change the name every time, but we still call them Princess Park. But that space, means a lot to those fans. So we won't be able to play games at Fizzy Park because of the contracts of the AFL, but it's telling us, you know, this place means a lot to us. So when we bring it back to this event here today, well, the, the, the notion is, and when I was discussing this with Dave, it was like we have all these international students, and Deloitte runs a program with, um, with Dave's entrepreneurship course, and I sort of employ most of the students, I think. I think we're up to about seven or eight. Um, the, uh, and what happens is we get international students combining with local students. And what you sort of tend to notice, and you know, this is a generalisation but sort of anecdotal, is that the international students tend to be a bit quieter and all that stuff. But what we see as these projects evolve is the international students really start to shine. And what we know is that diverse teams significantly outperform sort of generic teams. So this, to me, is almost a continuation of what we've been doing in Fast Track. It's about saying we can bring these groups of individuals together and we can give them a space. And we can propagate what they're doing. We can share that. And when international students go home, they can make their connections and they can use social media and collaboration tools to stay in touch. So we, we, we're excited to be part of this because we know the power of these students. We know the power of diversity. We're massive believers in innovation. And our belief in innovation is it's not 
Creativity is great, coming up with ideas and stuff. Innovation is about executing and making stuff happen. And if you look at how this project's formed, to some extent it's almost taking a lot of these self-organising principles from, from what we've learned in social media, that it was the students who said, let's get in and let's make this happen. And uh, I know particularly James, because he works for me, and Kate, because she's been involved in Fast Track and stuff, are making this happen. James he works for me full time, but has an entrepreneur's network that runs in three states called The Hive, which he spends much, not much time because he manages it all through Facebook. Um, so um, the ability to bring people like James here and connect through the Deloitte connections can make this place really special and can get some great outcomes. As a Victorian, I suppose, I've been really um, disappointed with uh, violence against Indian students and all that sort of stuff. I come from the wrong side of the tracks. I grew up in Flemington and um, back in the day, um, yeah, we, we had a lot of problems of uh, violence and it's interesting that, you know, when I was a kid it started off with the Turks, then the Vietnamese and now the Somalians are copying it. Um, but it's the same stuff, it's the same social problem. But how do we find places to bring people together and show what they can do actually when we come together and perform as a team with a focus on innovation, with a place to get together, but also the ability then to propagate that out through this global network using tools of the web and social media. So very proud to be part of this and I, and I think just never forget that no matter who you are or where you start from, you know, I often use Flower as an example of how innovative could you be if your life depended on it. Um, I remember when we set up the temporary village, we um, realised that we'd put everybody together, there was a total fire ban the next day. It was nine o'clock in the evening. Um, we sort of said, okay, what are we going to do? One bloke said, I'll get the bulldozer and build a fire break. Another bloke said, I know my mate works at Darabin Council, he'll go and steal 10 wheelie bins because we found out on the night of the fires the best way to move water around was in the recycling bins. Um, somebody said, I'll go to the, the store and buy some um, mops because we found that mops were the best way of beating back the fires. So beg, borrow, steal, no shame, just make it happen because innovation's about outcomes, it's about passion and it's about understanding that sometimes you try things and they don't work, but the reality is if you set impossible goals and just believe you can beat them, you actually will. And that's my story. Thank you. Thank you.